Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Chris Velasco for the game Carrion. In Carrion, you take on the role of a monster, a giant tentacled beast with lots of mouths who basically rages through a science lab killing everything in its path. The graphics are amazing, and be sure to look up the album art, uh, the cover art for the soundtrack, because Chris commissioned an artist to create it, and it's absolutely amazing. Chris has long had an obsession with horror, whether it's film, TV, games, physical art, and his music is accordingly creepy. We start off talking about how Chris ended up writing the music for Carrion. heard about this game when I was just kind of browsing Twitter and some you know somebody likes something or retweets something and it shows up in your feed and that's what happened and I just saw this like five second kind of animated gif of this tentacled monster traversing through this little maze and it was super like an early prototype just an idea that these guys had uh, but I saw it and I was like whoa that that is pretty badass uh just the way it like here we are in this kind of 8-bit um style game and this this creature like moves so fluidly like that and um it just kind of aesthetically like ticked all the boxes of stuff that i like that are that are creepy and i so i found out who was making the game and i found this guy sebastian and emailed him i i guess and just told him like who I was and what I did and and that I saw this like five second clip and I was like, dude, is this a game? Is this a, a real thing or or what's going on? Because whatever it is, just sign me up. Like I wanna be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out this game is basically made by two guys in Poland. Wow. And and working, you know, not even just working remotely, even before everybody had to work remotely, like they're not even in the same town. Okay. And those guys, plus this, this third guy that did all the, uh, the sound design on this one, they did one other game called butcher, uh, years ago. And, and this other guy also did all the music for that. And so they told me, Oh, you know, we're, I think we're good, but I don't know. I was, I was pretty persistent and, <laughs> I was trying to name drop to them and th- throw all the big horror games that I had worked on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of think that they didn't particularly care, but they were, it seemed like they were more moved by my tenacity of, and just like passion for this project. Like guys, I don't even know what this is, but I just love it so much. Mm. And I just want to, I just want to be a part of it. And uh, yeah. And then eventually we, I kind of came on board the team and it's um, a total of four of us and two of us were doing, you know, audio related things. And then the, the other two guys were doing, uh, you know, building this whole game. And it's just pretty incredible what such a small team pulled off.
many of your projects are just these huge, uh, you know, they're big AAA projects. And, and so I, I just, I love this, this um, you know, change really to, to such an intimate team. So talk about that dynamic switch there. Yeah, well, you know, for me, it's, I mean, it's been so awesome to work on all these big titles that everybody knows. And, um, and that's 100% like boosted my career. But after a while, you know, you, you get, you just kind of get tired of doing the same thing all the time. And, and, and I've been so fortunate to have worked on a variety of, of different games and styles. And, um, you know, last year I even did my first kind of comedy game with Groundhog Day, but I know what I like to do now and, and what I think is going to kind of not bum me out, but you know, there's just some things where you wake up and you're like, man, I can't wait to work today. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then and then I've got, you know, over the years, you'll find projects that are, it's just like, oh, I guess I have to go work on this today. And I'm, I'm not so thrilled about that kind of thing anymore. I just, I really want to be excited about what I do because I, I really feel like, you know, for me, writing music for games is, is really just the, the best gig of all time. Mm-hmm. And so I want to wake up excited every morning, mm-hmm. you know, and there's still AAA stuff that absolutely does that for me. Um, but I just kind of wanted to extend my feelers, you know, I, I guess sort of pun intended with this game, but, um, <laughs> extend my feelers out a little bit more and, and start looking for things that just maybe weren't going to be such a, a huge title, but that really excited me and inspired me. Mm-hmm. And, and that was caring for sure. And, and, um, it, I mean, it turns out people are loving this game. Yeah. So my my picker is still uh, still good. It still works. <laughs> well, and you love horror too, and I want to talk more about that aspect of it in a moment. But we really should talk about the music because uh, you know uh, I mentioned to you uh, before I started recording that I I really found this music quite terrifying and. You know, there's jump scares in your music too, which is great. But I'd I'd love to hear what the you know what your kind of direction was from the team, or what you decided on early on uh, how to make how to make it sound. Yeah, and and I did start kind of quite early in the process. I don't know. I just want I spent a lot of time playing around. Like I have many many versions of of different main themes, which is kind of the first piece that I wrote, and some of them felt a little a little too 80s because of the synthy stuff or what yeah yeah okay. because of the synthy stuff like it was a little too on the nose i think yeah gotcha and um cuz you know you can of course draw a lot of comparisons between carrion and the thing and i i wanted to avoid totally going down that path so yeah i i don't know i just spent a lot of time working stuff out and kind of the end result, I, I thought, you know, what if I sort of took Goldsmith's Alien and mixed it with some John Carpenter and then mixed that with some Penderecki? <laughs> and for me, that was kind of my my first starting point. It's like, boy, I feel like that combo could really, you know, be make a, a unique sound for for Carrion. Mm-hmm. And you know, and there was nothing particularly that I that I specifically took from any of them, but I think that uh, those three influences can, if you listen with that in mind, you can be like, oh yeah.
Uh, yeah, I really loved the kind of hybrid nature to it. There are definitely some really huge kind of orchestrally moments. Um, I, I would assume this is uh, samples and stuff, yeah. Uh, mostly samples. Yeah. We actually going to go record the whole thing live and then um, COVID-19 hit. Oh. And so I have, I've been recording a bunch of scores over in Czech Republic recently. And I, I talked to the contractor there and we were trying to figure out like, Oh, well, what if we did small groups and spread them out and this and that. And, but it was kind of the early days of, of everybody kind of staying at home and quarantining. And, and at the end I decided, God, I just, I cannot put people in that situation, even if they're willing, like if somebody gets sick, I am going to, I'm going to live with that for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. And, and I just, I cannot, uh, I just can't do it. it. It would not be right of me to ask someone to put themselves in potential harm's way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we called that off, but I did call on some friends here in LA and they recorded all the string parts um, in their own homes with their own gear. Nice. Uh, so all the strings um, that you hear are those are definitely live. That's amazing. Yeah, we just we just kind of layered it up, and I had them record their parts, you know, over and over again, and to thicken up the sound. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about there are um, a handful of tracks, each called Metamorphosis and numbered. You know, Metamorphosis one, two, three, four, five, or four, I guess. Um, so, talk to me about uh, those pieces, significance of them. <laughs> well. <laughs> You're going to be slightly disappointed because I was um, I spent a day just coming up with cool names for the tracks, and <laughs> <laughs> and I like the name Metamorphosis, and that's one thing that the monster does is you know he takes on all these other forms, and yeah. I was like oh these tracks all kind of go together in my head like maybe so I just kind of thought of it as like hey it'd be kind of cool to make these you know, they're very ambient and, and creepy. And I thought, well, I don't want to make one big track out of it because that's too much. So what if it was kind of a, a four-part suite, like the Metamorphosis suite? And then, so I just named it, yeah, Metamorphosis 1, 2, 3, 4, and kind of spread it throughout the album. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you mentioned starting with the main theme and kind of tinkering with that, making a few different versions before kind of settling on it. Where did you go from there? Did you do, um, you know, away from a main theme into more ambient music, or did you stick with some of the more, I don't want to say melodic, but there definitely are tracks that have more of that tendency than others? Yeah, well, that's what I love about horror music in general, is that it can just kind of be anything. Like there mm-hmm. are it's just no holds barred when, um, when you're writing for, for a horror project. So you can have that kind of atonal Penderecki style stuff. Um, you can go super melodic with it. You know, you, you bring in, not that I had any kind of choir in here, but you, you know, you bring in like a children's choir or even, you know, a love theme between two characters like Dracula and Mina 
and and you just put it in the um, you know beautiful music over a horror setting and suddenly it takes on this life that it and meaning that it didn't have before and it totally works and it's and it's super creepy um and then yeah then like all that atonal stuff it um that's something that nobody in their right mind would really listen to um at home you know just for enjoyment it's Mm -hmm. it's um (laughs) it's the kind of thing that you if there's even a hint of that like at a at a concert hall, that's where you see like 95% of the audience start shifting in their chairs and, <laughs> and looking for the nearest exit. <laughs> like we want, we came for Beethoven. It um, is mood altering. It, it is, it can be yeah. mood altering to listen to music like that. If you're not careful, you know, in the context of a, of a game or film or TV, all that, that really kind of dissonant, horrible music can, um, it makes perfect sense. And suddenly it's heightening your experience rather than like making you crazy. Right. Let, let's talk about, because tonal music can be scary too. So how much of that do you think is context? How much of that do you think is writing? I, I mean, I have, I guess, my own feelings on it, but I'd, I'd be curious to hear yours. I think it's mostly context, but I wonder if that's kind of due to a, a lot of... Um, you know, just from film scores, like like associating certain certain music with certain scenes mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. and and if maybe we've just kind of learned that, like, oh, this is scary. Um, I don't know. I was just listening to Beethoven's uh, Sixth Symphony the other day, <laughs> and when it gets to the um, you know to the big storm sequence, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the time, like that was that was probably pretty shocking scary music and, and it still is it's, it's really it's overwhelming you can see that storm coming As I was listening to it, I was wondering, like, is it, does it sound like a storm to me because, like, because of Fantasia, like seeing, uh, yeah. seeing how scary it got in Fantasia. And yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, that melodic tonal music can, I mean, for sure it's the, there's intent behind every note. And, and if your intent is like, I want this to be scary, then, um, you know, then, then yeah, I think that it can absolutely be scary, but I I, I do think that it's we've kind of been trained to um, to associate certain certain music with uh, moments from film and TV that that kind of make it scary in our head. Sure, sure. Um, I'm curious since this was a team of you know basically four people, Chris. Did you assume more audio uh, responsibilities than you would traditionally have assumed? Um, no, not at all. And I kind of went in and I, I wrote a hundred percent of the music that's in the game, okay. but that I didn't implement. I didn't do any sound design um, other than musical sound design. And that, that was actually kind of part of my process too, for coming up with the sound of carrion whenever possible. I like to 
kind of go out and record my own instruments and, and make some, mm-hmm. some neat sounding stuff that that's going to be unique to the project. And, and it's not, doesn't come from some library that, you know, a million people have used. And for Carrion, I, I recorded this, this ball of slime <laughs> and my, <laughs> my, my, uh, some good friends of, of ours had, uh, they have these two kids and they were in, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you remember, but like, I don't know, kids were just playing with this slime. You could, yes. everybody was buying slime and yes. like little containers of slime. <laughs> yeah. And, and I remembered that they had that and I was like, Hmm, I wonder, I wonder if it actually sounds like anything. So I, I went over to his house and, and we borrowed some, some slime from his daughter <laughs> and we, <laughs> and we kind of like got it a little bit wet uh, so that it would be, so it'd make a nice squish and then just set up a mic and spent like, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, just squishing this ball of slime different ways and recording it different ways. And then uh, I took it and I, I chopped it all up and, and affected it and made a, a contact library out of it. And so that, that slime actually became a kind of a crucial part of the score. And I don't know if you, if you didn't know it was in there, I don't even know if you would hear it, but yeah, after I had these recordings, I, I took them back home and, and did some editing and put lots of effects on it and just made it sound like, I don't know, just super cool and, and squishy and with delay. And then I, I pitched it down. So you'd have these like real, like low end rumbly squish sounds and, and yeah, that's all over the score. So it's, wow. and it's not exactly something that you're going to, your ear is going to pick up and be like, Oh, there's that, that slime ball. But <laughs> it's, um, it's in there where if I took it out, you would, you would miss it. Um, wow. it, it's very subtle, but I think it's, it kind of, it, it's in a lot of tracks too. So it's, um, it's definitely kind of for carrying my signature sound on this one. Neat. Now you said you made a contact library out of it. That does that, that means that you turned it into like mapped it to keys so you could play it on a keyboard or. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that I was getting that terminology right because that gives you a whole, that just opens up a whole new way for you to use that sound then, right? As opposed to processing. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. And I made, I even made like rhythms out of it too. So I could then, rather than trying to cut up audio and which is, you know, super time consuming, mm-hmm. um, I could, you know, do like a tempo match thing with it and just hold down a, a key. And then you've got this rhythmic slime thing going. And. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. There, there definitely were some sound effects that uh, stood out to me. Some, some, just some audio neatness that I found. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I can remember a, a sound in containment unit, some kind of waka waka. waka I don't remember now, but that I really liked. That that was really cool. But the the track before that, "Attack of the Peacekeepers," really struck me. So, do you? Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about that one? Yeah. So there's a there's a few kind of combat tracks that I did that uh, because everything before I, the music as a whole, I kind of tried to write it as this is the, this is the inner dialogue of the monster. And Ah. which also works as like, Oh God, it's just like, there's something coming for us kind of. Uh, But since you're playing the monster and you're just kicking ass everywhere, (laughs) 
you know, you'd think if this was like a big fantasy game or something, it'd be a little more heroic. Like, yes, I'm totally doing it. But you know, in the game, you're you are you're 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 completely devastating all your your enemies. But it's you know, if this wasn't a, a, a game, it would it would be absolutely horrific. Like, oh my god, here's this tentacled beast that's just like got loose in a lab and it's eating people and growing. <laughs> so you know, heroic that doesn't make any sense for for this kind of thing. But I thought, like, well, maybe this, maybe the creature is, maybe it doesn't even know what it is. Maybe it was just like born in this lab and and came to be. And it's just, you know, it's like Frankenstein's monster. It's like, why was I made? And <laughs> and uh, and just full of rage and destruction. And it doesn't know why. But I, I was just, you know, I was trying to tap into the psyche of the of the monster. <laughs> and and so that's kind of where the music came from but but some tracks like attack of the peacekeepers that's almost a little bit kind of more from from the the scientist side like they also they've got these like big like mech armored mech drone things that they can hop in and um that are really hard to kill and they they kind of look like that ed 209 sort of thing from robocop and attack of the peacekeepers is sort of one of the big combat tracks where you're fighting all this mech stuff. And so that's why it sounds a little different, maybe a little more electronic than, mm-hmm. than a lot of the, the rest of the score. Listening through it again, I um, besides you know the slime stuff, and and you'd asked me earlier if the there was slime in this one, and I don't think there is. But um, what I did hear is I also to kind of jazz up the score a little more. I, I actually got a bunch of sound design libraries, sound effect stuff, oh, and tried to manipulate those in Cubase to to mix it in with the, the music. So um, I've got like people screaming and, and I would sort of just not do anything too fancy with it, but kind of take those, like pitch it down and then like reverse them and, and just make these like weird, just these super scary sounds. And, and also things like animals, like um, not screaming in pain, but just like animals like roaring or making their whatever sound it is that they make. But, taking a lot of animal sounds and, and putting it in there. And, and I did hear one of those kind of combo scream slash, you know, like hippopotamus roar sound in this <laughs> one. I mean, Chris, ever since I've known you, I've known for your passion, really, for the horror genre, whether it's film, TV, games, art, clearly a huge part of your life as well. Uh, talk to me about that just overall passion and how this fits into that for you. 
I've been passionate about monsters since I was a little kid. And I don't know why, but I have, you know, a lot of artist friends now that are kind of in the, the dark art sort of movement. And they all say the same thing too. They were just completely infatuated with monsters as, as a kid. And I, I recently got a big box of stuff from my parents that they just, they didn't want in the, in, you know, in the closet anymore. They're, they're trying to redecorate a room. It's like, you got to come get your stuff. You haven't lived here in 30 years. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and, and one of these boxes was tons of drawings that I did as a little kid and I'm and every single one of them is a monster, <laughs> and I'm I'm just going through, and it's like wow, there's some there's some cool ideas in here, and I kind of want to take one of my old drawings of monsters and give it to one of my my art friends now, and and have them just totally render it out and do something awesome. Yeah, but yeah, it, it stuck with me my my whole life when I was a when I got a little older and was in school, and you know people are like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up and you know, everybody else is like an astronaut or a fireman or, or something. And I wanted to work in Jim Henson's creature shop, <sighs> making monsters for, you know, for movies. Yeah. And yeah, there's just, I don't know. I'm just drawn to these creatures and, and I don't, I don't know what that says about me, but um, <laughs> I try to make them my friends. And, <laughs> um, but they just, I don't know. It inspires me. I, I'm normally, like a, a pretty happy, positive guy. And, and I wonder if I'm able to kind of stay that way because maybe I, I let some of the darkness out in the music, you know, mm. with, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the music is definitely dark. Yeah. Someone else asked me if, um, it, you know, I've been working on the score for off and on for like a couple of years, um, with really the majority of it being done sort of this year but someone was asking me, like, oh, is, you know, has quarantine and COVID played, did it play any role in your music? And, and I didn't think it, it had, because I never even considered that. But listening to it now, I'm wondering, like, oh, wow, I wonder if, if kind of this worldwide situation had somehow crept into my music and if that was part of my way of, of dealing with it as well. for you then uh, in terms of just how different this project was from in terms of a game project I mean you you have all kinds of really creative endeavors outside of your uh, music in games but uh, I'm just curious how this stacks up as an experience for you these guys just gave me a lot of, of freedom um, but not total freedom like they were actually quite <laughs> good about if I turned something in and they weren't digging it no worries at all on their side about telling me like, I hate this. Um, <laughs> and they, they never said I hate this, but yeah. it was, uh, it was funny. Cause you know, sometimes you think, Oh, if I, you know, take on a, you know, Oh, I just came from, you know, this, this whatever big, huge game. And, and now I'm going to 
go do this this indie. There's really no difference. It's um, yeah. It, it's only a difference in terms of budget and scale of, of people working, but everybody there is just as passionate sure. about their project, if not more so, because they've got their whole, you know, it's two guys that if one of them falters, like the game is not going anywhere. Mm. They totally gave me my space to experiment. And we did have, you know, two years to experiment to kind of find our sound. But, um, no, they they were awesome. It was always like very precise feedback and and like hone in on one thing and be like, I love the piece, but this one thing bothers me. And wow. you know, and, and then that's great because then yep. you know, okay, that's that's what I have to fix. It's not like, well, okay, here's V seven. Um, what you know, is it better? Is it not? Like I have no idea anymore. <laughs> but it was I've never really got to look under the hood before in, in game development. And so I, I got a little peek this time and nice. um, it's just, it's so fascinating. And these guys are truly brilliant. I, I can't even imagine wow. how they, they pulled this off. It's, it's really unbelievable. And I really wish them all the success in the world. I, I think they're going to, they're going to blow up after this. game too i mean the art is absolutely stunning and so 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 well done yeah oh man speaking of the art did you have you seen the art for the the cover of the soundtrack yes so that was something that that i've had a dream of doing for years and that is that i i hired i commissioned an artist to do that original piece for it oh cool and that's not actually assets from the game it's just inspired by um huh. by carrion and yeah it's this his name's dan quintana he's an amazing artist one of my favorites um i actually have a quite a few of his original pieces here at home and he's been doing lately a lot of stuff for like dc comics and then movie posters for mondo and hmm. and stuff so i knew that he had had experience doing things that were just not so like gallery focused and fine art focused, you know, it's, he could do some more commercial stuff and, and which is important. And then also knowing like, okay, the turnaround, like some artists are, you'd be like, Hey, I need this. And it's like, okay, well I'll talk to you in a year when I (laughs) get inspired and get around to it. And, and this was like very fast turnaround. Wow. Um, but, but, you know, I've always loved, uh, looking at, especially like, metal bands that would always have these these super cool covers on their albums Mm -hmm. and a lot of those the majority of them are all like commissioned artwork specifically for that and so it's it's just kind of always been my dream to release a soundtrack and get to sort of commission my own cover for it so yeah that's what i did with that and it's beautiful i'm I'm really like crossing my fingers that we get to do a vinyl as well because i want to i want to see that art blown up on a (laughs) on a record (laughs) yeah did you get to play the game much throughout development at all yeah they sent me builds uh whenever i 
I wanted it. So sweet. The builds were all on PC, and you had to, you know, use like keyboard and mouse. And <laughs> I, I was like not good at that at all. I, I play it on the <laughs> Switch now. <laughs> so I stopped kind of playing after a while, and I was like, "Can you guys just make a video and send it to me?" <laughs> <laughs> sort of mentioned how you know yes I'm kind of drawn to these darker projects and but and it sort of extends past just writing music for games and and what whatever um so yeah I I'm super into uh into art mm -hmm. and have been for you know for a good 12 years or so now and and every year or almost every year I try to curate uh, a big art show at my my favorite gallery in LA. They're called Copro Gallery, and I have my new one coming up on October 10th. Uh, it's called Roadside Attractions Four. Uh, it's the fourth one in a series I've been doing over the years, and it's uh, just a collection of some of my favorite artists. And the kind of the idea behind it is, you know, you come across this this sort of traveling. Uh, gallery you know going from town to town and um and just what kind of oddities and and weirdness you know is it is it bringing is it you know it's mm -hmm. kind of the something wicked this way comes kind of rolls nice. through town and so yeah i'm starting to get super excited about that we've got a couple months till we open but and of course openings aren't the same anymore but keep your your eyes peeled for that because there's going to be some super cool art awesome we all need some monster art in our lives anyway but have you found that you've gamed more with stay-at-home orders and things along those lines i mean what have you been playing because i know you're a gamer yeah well i've been playing a ton of dauntless lately oh, and nice. you know i've i've written all the music for for dauntless and and i i recorded a bunch of new music with a big orchestra and choir and that's all coming out tomorrow nice um so yes yeah, so i've i've been um I've been working with these guys for like five or six years and I had pl started playing the game in the beginning. And then I kind of just went into composer mode and kind of stopped playing. And before this new update, I just, I sunk a ton of hours into it to really kind of get the, the vibe of the game again. And, and so that's been super fun. And I just started playing uh, ghost of, of Tsushima. It's pretty dang good. enjoyed the soundtrack, enjoyed the scares, and just always, <laughs> always great to hear your voice and, and get caught up with you. So thanks for chatting with me today. 
Yeah, thank you. It's it's been great to to hear from you as well, and I'm uh, I'm glad you're you're doing okay over there. Thanks for listening to Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Chris Velasco at patreon.com slash level and chrisvelasco.com. Chris is C-R-I-S. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Oh, hello. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiggy Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media, Inc.